It's time for John Paul, the car doctor, on North Shore 1049. Call today with your car questions, comments, or concerns. 1-800-370-1049. That's 1-800-370-1049. John Paul, the car doctor. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on North Shore 1049. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor. If you're new to uh, the program, uh, I try to talk about cars for an hour or so every Saturday between 10 and 11. Uh, if you are a former listener to the old station, thank you for moving over. If you want to listen online, real easy to do. North Shore 1049 is how you find us. Uh, you can also find the app in all the popular app stores, but or you can just do the old-fashioned uh, www.northshore1049.com and you can click on the little headphone thing and you can listen online I did a little Facebook live this morning of uh, well from my basement where I am as like uh, a lot of people are these days they're in their home offices and whatever so uh, and so if you've switched over from Facebook to the stream uh, good morning to all of you as well. So uh, we have a great show planned for today. We're going to talk a little bit about how this virus is affecting the auto industry. Also going to have a car review of the uh, Land Rover Discovery. And also talk about some of the emails I got during the week. And hopefully talk to you about your car and your car problems, whatever's on your mind. We'll try to do that. But with us on the phone is Jim Henry. Jim Henry is a uh freelance writer, contributor to Forbes and Automotive News. He helps us understand the very confusing automotive industry. And uh, Jim, at one point, was, a, was I believe, the president of the International Motor Press Association. He's been around, been around for a while. Jim, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Beverly, Massachusetts. Hey, thanks for having me on. Sure thing. Uh, I was just saying that uh, you've been around this business for a little while now. Yeah, I've been writing uh, uh, about the auto industry since about 1984 or so. And I, I think that's probably around the first time that we that we actually met somewhere along the line. And and uh, you're you, it, it is a difficult business to understand sometimes, especially with uh, you know we whoever thought we'd have a worldwide virus. But just uh, you know, as the economy ebbs and flows, and you know mergers happen. Uh, you're you're one of those guys that helps kind of put it into perspective and make it a little bit more understandable. Well, there's a million moving parts to it, that's for sure. Uh, starting with, I, I don't think most people realize that dealers are independent businessmen and they don't work for Ford or Chevrolet or Toyota. And in a lot of cases, they don't really like each other that much either. Yeah, they're they're in a lot of ways they're kind of natural enemies. Uh, I mean, as much as they're as they depend on one another, uh, they also their their interests do not always align. Yeah, it it is it is one of those it is one of those things that you look at and you kind of go, hmm. I yeah. I and I always thought I always thought they were best buddies until uh, I started uh, working with both of them in various various ways and found out that uh, that's not always the case. So you're right. There's a there's there's as many moving parts in the auto industry as there are moving parts in cars today. So uh, you you look at it all and you look at how it all changes and it's all pretty interesting. But who knew that we would have this virus? And you did um, you did a, a couple of stories for Forbes recently about forecast for the auto industry and can you kind of go over a little bit of that and how how it appears as if uh this virus and pandemic is affecting or is going to affect the industry yeah i mean it, that's on a lot of fronts i mean just in the process of building the cars there's lots of disruptions there uh, i mean the the way they have uh the manufacturing industry, the manufacturing part of the industry is set up. Is it, it? It's run. It runs when it runs. It runs great, but things are on a just-in-time basis, and uh, they don't have a whole lot of slack in the system. They don't have uh, great big stacks of parts at the assembly plant ready to go. Uh, everything gets delivered at the last possible second because time is money and inventory represents money. And uh, so it doesn't take much of a disruption to bring things to a grinding halt. You, you know, somebody could uh, 
run out of a 49 cent cotter pin and that that can bring the entire plant to a stop until they can get more so there's a lot of that going on even even if nothing else happened uh that's going on that the 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 supplies of parts from overseas are being disrupted and uh, uh the uh, just within the last week or two uh pretty much all the car companies have announced that they're shutting down the factories even if only temporarily even if it's only so that they can do a real deep and thorough cleaning of everything to make it as germ free as possible that alone uh, is going to be a puts a pretty big divot in sales for the year for sure yeah and i was i because i didn't totally understand the industry i was a little surprised that was that was actually an action that the union wanted to do and i kind of always thought oh the union wants to keep everybody working but in this case the union said you know what we need to close yeah this is happening at the dealerships too you know the the dealers uh have petitioned the various governments to stay open and uh, uh you know i i see a facebook page for people who work at dealerships and they're pretty divided you know some of them are are glad and want to keep working and some of them are up in arms because uh you know their kids are home and uh their spouse is home and they got to go to work and they're not really seeing where they're so indispensable mm. Yeah, that that is um, that is kind of interesting. And I was looking at the uh, the rulemaking that came out in New Jersey the other night, and it was a little bit confusing. It looked like auto repair shops could stay open if they were attached to a gas station, but it looked like dealerships were going to close. So it, it even gets a little bit confusing about who can who can do what and when. And even though you're kind of supposed to, you know, stay home. You know, if your car breaks down, you, you hope somebody's around to fix it. Yeah, I, I think the way this is going to shake out, although this this isn't this is by no means clear uh, right now. But I think how it's going to shake out is that the the parts and service part of a dealership is going to be allowed to continue. Uh, mm. They may. Uh, and the but the new car sales or the sales department may not and uh the 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 dealer groups are arguing that they ought to be allowed to continue sales too because you know when you need a when your car dies and you need a car you really really need a car mm. but they, but they're having a much easier time politically Making the case for the parts and service department, so that when you when your car breaks down and you know your brakes need to be fixed, you, you got you be able to get them fixed. Yeah. And, uh, maybe the the thing in New could, Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm I sorry. just don't think that you know the 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 dealer group is definitely fighting. What's the definition of a repair facility? And uh, you know, I, I think they have a pretty good case to be made. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, sales, uh, if you want to buy a, a car uh, at a dealership in the real near future, it could be difficult to get it done. I mean, there there's uh, talk about a, a, a lot of moving parts. I mean, just buying it, getting the financing, uh, taking delivery, getting it registered, et cetera, et cetera, every step of the process has gotten to be more difficult. And I, I think... The industry is the auto industry. The retail part of the industry is kind of paying for the fact that they're way behind the times in the ability to buy things online. Yeah, uh, and maybe this will help blow some of the slack out of that out of that process. I mean, some yeah, good good point. Some yeah. practitioners can do it, but for the most part, it's not like other retail experiences. Uh, you got to be there in person. Uh, uh, you know, eyeball to eyeball with somebody, and that's mm. the that's the one part of the process that you're not allowed to do nowadays. Mm. Yeah, it, I mean, it could be that uh, 
that the car dealerships may kind of adopt the restaurant idea that you know hey you can't come you can't come in here and sit down but we can we can do takeout and delivery and maybe they maybe they will adopt sort of the Carvana model of you you do it all you do it all online you pick out your car and uh, you know a fancy looking ramp truck shows up with your car on the back of it yeah right and uh for service quite a significant percent of dealerships already offer uh, pickup and delivery uh, but I, I think that's going to be one way to go I mean I checked before we got on the line uh, it occurred to me I haven't really looked at what's going on in New England that closely and you know, already if you look at dealership websites some of them are starting to offer pickup and delivery uh, for just this reason to, to reduce the amount of face time at the dealership and I should add, you know, nobody, even the dealer groups that are petitioning to stay open, uh, nobody is advocating business as usual. Even the dealerships that stay open are going to have to agree to, uh, you know, social distancing and uh, cleaning everything ten times and mm. all those things like everybody else. Uh, yep. So it's not going to be business as usual, even if they're allowed to stay open. Mm. Yeah, it's it it is kind of interesting. Even even the the press car I got recently had a, a sign in that this this car was completely sanitized before I got it to let me know that uh, you know there was a you know there was a, a possible you know you know if there was any issues it was it was an issue that was taken care of. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're going to put those uh, paper strips around the steering wheel like on the toilet <laughs> at the hotel, right? <laughs> Well, it's it's kind of funny. I did actually write a, a story about uh, cleaning your own car, and I titled it as just a joke, "Sanitize for your protection." And uh, my my editor at AAA actually actually still used the uh, used the title, which I was a little surprised about. But yeah, it is it is kind of it is kind of funny how things have really how things have really changed and how we need to look at it. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago we had one of the biggest car sales. Um, years that we had last year was still pretty good yeah. um any any kind of guesses on what's what's going to happen for 2020 uh jd powers said the other day that they thought the it could be as low as 15 million or so uh 15 million and change i think mm. it would be a pretty big hit versus what it has been for the last five years, year in and year out, it's been 17 million plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's bad, but it's not the absolute pits like it was in in 2009 in the recession when it got down to 10 million and change. Uh, I, I think one of the things that's really dawning on everybody is that after the recession, all the car companies really got religion and. They said, "Well, okay, sales went down to 10 million in the recession. Well, from now on, uh, we're going to reduce our costs so that our uh, our break-even point will be 10 million. So, even if the absolute worst happens, uh, we'll still be profitable. But I think over time, you know, they they've crept, they lost some of those good habits, uh, and mm. uh, uh, now." I think their their break even points have crept higher, but I think even at fifteen and a half million a year, they would still be you know it would be survivable. I mean the the the, the big question for all of this is none of us knows how long it's going to last. Yeah, you know, that's, if it, that's if it doesn't last true. that long, it won't have that. It'll have a, it'll still have a big effect, but it won't be uh, you know life changer but if it goes on long boy howdy uh a lot of things are going to have to change uh, f- from you know those dotted lines that go from today forward are going to have to move for sure mm. but it, you're you're absolutely right i was talking to somebody who owned a restaurant back in 2008 and uh it was it was a, a pretty successful restaurant and he kind of looked at all of his expenses, and he even readily admitted that when the economy was really good, 
he wasn't at his restaurant. He was out. He was out with his family, you know, traveling the world and kind of enjoying, you know, enjoying a good life. And then when the economy crashed, he actually came back, looked at his restaurant, looked at what, you know, what he had for waste that he ended up throwing away at the end of the day, and looked at his staff and looked at kind of looked around and said, you know, I, I got to really to to keep my employees employed. I really have to look at things a little bit differently, and that changed the way that he looked at his business model and that's a that was a small restaurant and you look at you know, some of these dealerships that you know here in New England we have Herb Chambers and we have we have the prime locations and they're some of the biggest dealer groups in the country and they have they I'm sure they're looking at things the same way yeah well yeah not saying anything very original good habits are formed in bad times and uh... One one thing I think, and uh, J.D. Power brought this up the other day, but they didn't really emphasize it. You know, if it comes right down, to, I guess it comes down to how long is this going to persist, the, the whole coronavirus mm-hmm. thing. But if it persists a long time, and the car company and the car companies are forced to choose between keeping the lights on today and having a swell autonomous car, maybe. 10 years from now uh they're going to they're going to have to keep the lights on today uh so i think some of the some of the more fanciful things that the car companies have been spending a ton of dough on are at least going to be postponed yeah that that's that's actually a really good point because the car companies are spending literally billions of dollars on future technology that all the surveys including ones that we did um that consumers don't really want yet. Yeah, yeah, and and even if it were uh, available, it's debatable. You know how you know would people feel safe? You know, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. I mean, it's going to be a long transition from uh, sort of traditional cars to to autonomous ones for sure. And uh, even the people who are in charge of all this. I'm hearing a lot of skepticism about whether anybody ever anywhere is going to be able to reach complete autonomy everywhere at all times under all circumstances. Uh, I think, and I've been getting, I've been told that you know, from point A to point B, in some kind of a, a controlled situation, is a lot more doable. Uh, yeah. I mean, they would still be pretty terrific, uh, point, like, for instance, point A to point B on an interstate highway. That would be pretty great. Uh, but at least there's some kind of a corral around it. You know, all the cars are moving in the same direction at about the same speed. There's not people coming at you randomly from every possible angle like it is on a local street. Uh, that's probably achievable, but... The, the so-called level five out of five stages yeah. of autonomy is really looking like pie in the sky. And uh, yeah. as yeah, I no, said, right. if it becomes a matter of life or death for the car companies, they're going to have to keep the lights on now. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Hey, Jim, before we let you go, how can people find out more about you, uh, uh, where, we can, where we can find you, where we can read some of your stuff? Uh, as you mentioned, and thanks for the plug, uh, I do write for Forbes.com. Uh, I also write for a couple of trade papers, uh, Automotive News and Ward's Auto. Uh, but uh, Forbes.com gets the most circulation for sure. There you go. Hey, Jim Henry, thank you for joining us on the Car Doctor program here in uh, Beverly, Massachusetts. Thanks a lot. I enjoyed it. All right. Take care, Jim. Bye-bye. That was Jim Henry. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. And, and don't forget, the Car Doctor Program is brought to you in part by Specialized Auto in Essex and, of course, uh, AAA. We'll be right back. Are you a 
Saab driver who loves your car but can't find a mechanic? Or maybe you own a Range Rover and have to wait weeks for maintenance. If you own an Audi, Porsche, or any European car, you know you need a European automotive specialist. The kind of professionals you'll find at Specialized Auto in Essex. With 23 years in the business and a proven track record in sales and service, Specialized Auto can maintain and repair your car with fast turnaround and at lesser expense. European cars are special. They need Specialized Auto of Essex. Call them today at 978-768-1121 for Specialized Auto of Essex. Hi, I'm Michael Sapino of Stratford Insurance Financial Services, located in Middleton. We're a full-service, independent family agency with 25 years of experience. We offer national and regional insurance carriers, such as our Bella Insurance, for individuals, families, and businesses. In fact, if you switch to our Bella and insure both your car and home, you could save up to 20% or more. We at Stratford Insurance Financial Services look forward to serving you. Please find us online at stratfordins.com or stop by at 181 South Main Street in Middleton. All roadside assistance is not created equal. A car can break down anytime and anywhere. Join AAA, the roadside provider that puts you first. AAA covers you in any car you're driving or riding in. Our trained technicians arrive fast and usually fix the problems on the spot. Trust your safety to the most recommended roadside provider in the U.S. Join AAA today at aaa.com join. That's aaa.com join. Erica, you in the mood for a cocktail? Always, Donnie. Well, let's be gin with Nautical American Gin. <laughs> Don't you love that? I love that laugh. Nautical American Gin will make everybody laugh. It's a good time. It's 15 different botanicals with our signature botanical being a Pacific Kombu, which is a, a sea, sea salt. salt. See? You got to bring liquid to your lips, Donnie. It's amazing when you try it. Nautical American Gin is available at your favorite restaurant or liquor store. Just go in and ask for Nautical American Gin. In the blue-green bottle with the flat back. Nice. And let's be gin. There you go. And from all of us at Nautical and Gin, please enjoy and Let's begin and discover responsibly. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program. I just tried, I just tried the end of the commercial for Nautical American Gin. I've been trying to I've been trying to actually find that. It's not that it's not that popular down here on the South Shore where I live, but uh, uh, I, people who've tried it said it's really good. So I have to I have to talk to Donnie about that. Find out what we can do. Uh, but anyway, hey. Um, our phone number is 800-370-1049, 800-370-1049, and we're broadcasting. Remember, you can you can stream us on uh, the app, which is North Shore 1049. And I think we have uh, Robert from Tingsboro on the phone. Robert, good morning. Good morning, John. I hope you're staying healthy. I'm trying to, trying to keep uh, six feet away from everybody, including Jimmy today, so... Yeah, I think it's further than that. Anyway, I have a question. Um, I've been thinking about changing my engine coolant at 60,000 miles yep. in about five years. Now, I think the factory is like 10 years and some crazy 100, 150. Now, am I uh, doing the right thing at 60, or should I have done it even sooner? You know, you can you can certainly do it early if you want. I mean, you're not going to cause any problems doing it early. The one thing you want to make sure is you use the right, coolant you want to use the manufacturer's approved color basically so yeah, i think the, the deal do it. oh okay yeah then then you then okay. you know you're getting the right coolant in it so um <laughs> yeah well you hope you are at least uh but you uh, but that's that's what you want to use you want to make sure that you you would you were using the right coolant uh sometimes there are these sort of generic coolants that are supposed to mix with everything. Not a bad, you know. I keep a gallon of that around to kind of top off the cars, just because. Yeah. But emergency. Yeah, but I, I, you know, there was when I first was repairing cars back in the old days. It was basically green coolant, you know, Prestone and you know, and all of those. And then the Japanese cars started to show up, and they had their own kind of reddish coolant. And it was like, oh, what's this? This is something different. Well, come to find out, it was, it was similar. Uh, but some of it was designed for aluminum blocks. And then now, the last I checked, there was eight or nine different types of coolant, yeah, organic crazy. coolants, hybrid organic coolants, all these different kinds. And you don't have to know what each of them are. You just want to make sure you use the right one. Right. Yeah, it used to be we changed it annually or maybe every other year at best. Yeah, day, yeah. You know? I, mean, I mean, it was, you know, the stuff we put in, and probably if you found a 15-year-old jug of, antifreeze somewhere it would say permanent antifreeze on the container and why it said that was you know 
people that are old enough to remember, um, you used to put alcohol and into your radiator to keep it from freezing in the wintertime. So you'd put you'd put about, I don't know, a third alcohol and fill the rest with water, and that would keep the radiator from freezing up in the wintertime. And the problem is it would evaporate, so you had to go out there and you had to make sure that you checked it and put more alcohol in it to keep it from freezing up. Then they came out with antifreeze, uh, so it had the ethyl, ethylene glycol in it, the ethylene glycol didn't evaporate like alcohol did, so they called it permanent antifreeze. But you're right, it lasted a year, two, three, and then GM came out with the extended life antifreeze, which they said could go five years and 60,000 miles. Then everybody started to kind of chase that same thing of extended service times. I mean, the coolant that's in my wife's Volkswagen that is five years old that probably needs to be changed looks perfect i you know i looked at it and i'm like i i don't see any reason to change it it looks so good it's protecting the car to you know well below freezing uh it's spotlessly clean i i i can't find a good reason to change it there was there was and you can still find these um they almost look like the the kind of strip that you dip in a a, a swimming pool or a or a fish tank and it measures the ph and the and the acidity in the water uh it's the same kind of stuff you can do it for coolant and it'll let you know if it's getting a little acidy and if it is then it's time to change it and i've seen i've seen i was at a uh, gm training center uh one time and they had this coolant that looked awful it was brown and ugly looking and they tested it and the and the acid quality was perfect it was you know was, the ph was equal to the water that comes out of the faucet and the cooling level protected the car to you know 30 below zero and you're like you're like well i would automatically change that and they said you know realistically there's no reason to it's you know other than it doesn't look pretty it's it's okay so you know back to your original question you know at five years old should you change it is it going to hurt anything not going to hurt anything except your your wallet yeah i mean i'd rather be safe than sorry you know yeah. so much aluminum you know blockheads yeah. and all yeah. that no, just, no. Uh, the acid, you know, the acid could be high. I don't have yep. test paper yeah. anymore. I don't work in a chemical plant, but yeah. Well, it's it's it's, it's kind of funny. Um, if and I and I did this, I did this kind of as a science experiment once because I don't know, I must have been bored. I took a I took a cheap voltmeter, you know, like the kind that they almost give away, and uh, put it on the low voltage scale. I put one end of the voltmeter in you know, up against the ground of the car, so right next to the radiator happened to be the negative battery cable, and I stuck the positive end of the uh, voltmeter just into the coolant, so not touching anything, just into the coolant, and I got a I got a uh, electrical reading of almost one volt, which means that the coolant has started to become a battery, and coolant's not supposed to be a battery it's not supposed to make electricity and the electricity is what actually eats through the aluminum and other parts in the car so this was so acidic it was almost like battery acid circulating around in the radiator so uh, dangerous to get on you uh probably not that dangerous but still i i, I kind of wondered you know could you actually run a, a little tiny light bulb or something out of out of the coolant coming out of the radiator who knows maybe you could i don't know then, then my 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 level of my level of uh, uh, Mr. Science started to disappear by then. So, who was when I was a, when I was a kid? What was that was Mr. Science, right? Wasn't that the guy that did all the Mr. science wizard, experiments? Maybe? Oh. What was it? There was a wizard, Mr. Wizard. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Wizard, Mr. Wizard. You're right. Yeah, I should have I should have paid more attention. Yeah, I did. I used to watch him once in a while. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's how you, that's how, that's how you that's how you learned how to mix uh, baking soda and vinegar together and. Make yeah. it foam up all over the place. Well, I did spend forty years on a chemical plants. So, you know, oh, there you go. Retired right. now. So, uh, so you know where? You know, I'm just hoping you know that all of your regular listeners have uh, found you. Well, well, tell all your friends. Okay, Robert. Tell all your friends. Let them know. Thanks, Robert. Our phone number is eight hundred three seventy one zero four nine eight hundred three seventy one zero four nine. Let's talk to George. George, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call, John Paul. Thank you for calling from, I think, Hartford, Connecticut. Am I correct? Yes. Hey, look at that. I didn't, even though you know, even though I went away for a couple weeks, I didn't forget you. No, thank you. I didn't forget you either. Appreciate that. 
So recently, uh, my wife and I purchased a 2013 Lexus RX 450. Now, maybe I have a stupid question, but I was wondering, a car with side airbags, is it possible to put seat covers on it? Hmm. Well, let's see. The side airbags, would mm-hmm. they would deploy about a foot. They would split the seam and deploy about a foot up. Mm-hmm. Um Depending on the seat cover, depending on how well it was attached, right? Um, you know, if it was just attached with you know basically elastic bands, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it would make any difference. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because like the the uh, the airbag that's in the steering wheel, for instance, for right for fun, mm-hmm. um, I have I have fired one of those off. And okay. there's a very set procedure for doing that. You're supposed to you're supposed to put it inside a couple old tires so no, nobody gets hurt. And um, mm-hmm. and I was uh, I did that once, and then I was someplace else where they actually put like a piece of plywood or something on top of it, and it shot the thing about forty feet into the air. And I'm like, wow, that is a lot of force. And the um, and uh, you know one of my my neighbor said to me they make special seat covers just for this. Look at okay, that. Okay, that's what, that's what I was going to ask you too. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, that so, was going to be my second part of the question. Yeah, so apparently they make special seat covers just for cars with airbags, so you don't have to so you don't have to worry about it. And okay. uh, but I would think I would think even with um, even with regular airbags. Uh, again, the, there's enough stretch in it, but I would think the special seat covers for cars with side airbags um, just have a seam that splits. Okay. Yeah. So they're probably they're probably sewn with uh, with special thread, or the materials made this spe- a certain way that you know if it is if it is uh, involved in a collision, the airbag would still deploy, but it would deploy right through the right through the airbag. Okay. Thank you so much for for your advice. Well, yeah. So, uh, so are you just try to preserve the seats, or you? Yes, just want... that's what I'm, I'm trying yep. to preserve the leather underneath. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other, the other, is it in good shape now? The leather in good shape now? Uh the driver's seat is starting to show somewhere. The rest it of it is, is fine. Yeah. 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 I mean, get get a good, you know, get a good. Um, leather treatment uh that is designed for automotive seats and you know just use use that to try to try to renew the life of the leather and also extend it a little bit that will help that'll help a little bit too so um, okay you know all all of that can kind of help and uh one last thing um i asked you a question a couple of weeks ago uh i sent you an email and thank you so much for responding to me when i was looking for a vehicle and uh you said for a um, high-end car to look for an Acura or a lexus and i took your advice well, thank you. Well, uh, well uh, you know, well, you know, call me in a year when it's when it, when you tell me it's. Well, you can call me anytime you want, but you know, <laughs> call me, call me, call me, call me in a year and tell me it was the best decision you ever made, and then I'll then I'll I'll feel better. So, okay. I'll call anytime. Thank, All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Our phone number again is eight hundred three seventy ten forty nine, and uh, and we'll, why don't we take another break? Remember, our program is brought to you in part by uh, the good folks over at. Essex Specialty Autom- uh, Specialty Automotive in Essex. Could you say it the right way, will you? Jimmy, help me with that. <laughs> and our buddy Jimmy Carter is back at the station running everything, making sure everything runs good. So thank you to him as well. We'll be right back. uncertain times, Century House Restaurant is offering takeout meals every day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays. Call ahead, order your meal, and Century House will deliver to your car if desired. Additionally, delivery service is available for the towns of Peabody, Middleton, and Danvers. The Epicurean Shop is open 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., 6 on Sundays, with all products available. Shop in-store or call ahead for delivery to your car, 978-531-1410 or order online at CenturyHousePeabody.com. 
Hi folks, this is Gerard Moynihan of Moynihan Lumber. Did you know that professional builders and remodelers choose Anderson Windows more than any other brand in the United States? And if you're thinking about replacing the windows in your home, you should see the Anderson Woodwright replacement windows, which can add considerable value to any home. See the Anderson Windows on display at Moynihan Lumber in Beverly, North Reading, and Plastown, New Hampshire, or visit us at MoynihanLumber.com. Remember, all roadside assistance is not created equal. Join AAA, the roadside provider that puts you first. AAA covers you in your car, any car you're driving or riding in. And remember, our trained technicians, and I know the people in the training department, they do a great job, but they'll ride fast and they'll maybe even try to fix the problems on the spot, depending on what it is. If it's something like a uh, maybe your fuel pump relay went bad, well, they'll swap it with your horn relay, get the fuel pump working, and you'll be off and go. Trust your safety to the most recommended roadside provider in the U.S. Join AAA today at AAA.com slash join. Buying or selling a home? Maria Salzillo of J. Barrett Realty can help. Maria Salzillo has been a licensed agent for over 30 years. Her valuable insight and dedication provides her clients with the finest personal service and professional representation. Maria knows the greater North Shore area. She focuses on the specific needs of those buying or selling a home. If you've been considering buying or selling a home, give Maria a call today. 508-527-6910. That's 508-527-6910. Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark Rosenthal. Here is your North Shore 1049 forecast serving the North Shore of the Merrimack Valley. For today, sunshine, blue sky, breezy, colder. It'll be in the mid-40s. Clear and cold overnight, though in mid-20s. Tomorrow, lots of sun, cold, dry, about 42. Chance of snow breaking out very late tomorrow night. Snow on Monday may change to rain along the coast, but there could be a few inches, maybe several inches. Please stay tuned. We shall keep you posted. Weather forecast being brought to you by the Berry Tavern, located on High Street in Danvers. Open daily from 1130 till 930 at night for lunch and dinner takeout or catering enjoy this week's specials buy one get one half price which includes their famous juicy hamburgers authentic brick oven pizza or fresh roasted tavern wings call 978-777-2377 for local north shore 1049 i'm mark rosenthal Welcome back to the Car Doctor program. If you want to join us, if you have a question about your car, comment, criticism maybe, 800-370-1049, 800-370-1049 is the number, 800-370-1049. And, you know, call in, talk to Jim, say hi, and then talk to me. Hey, I just heard Mark Rosenthal talk about the Berry Tavern. I went there last Saturday when I was uh, when I went up to the station, hung out at the station for a little bit, and then uh, stopped back in Danvers at uh, Two High Street. That's where they're located, right in Danvers. It's a it's a great little place. You know, right now they're just doing takeout and delivery, I believe. Uh, but uh, you know, it it is it's a it's a nice little restaurant. My wife had the uh, had one of their pizzas. It's a it's a brick oven pizza. It was uh, it had uh, it had caramelized onions and cheese and all kinds of stuff on it. I had uh, I had a really good burger. Uh, uh, just uh, just a nice place. And um, I I will readily admit I'm a cheap beer drinker, but they had a uh, they had a beer that was uh, that was uh, apparently aged in whiskey casks or something, and it was it was actually really good. You know, kind of that. Uh, you know, beer that you have just one one of, and but it was it was really tasty and. Uh, but it was uh, just a, a nice place. I talked to the woman who was hosting, who was uh, normally the bartender, but she uh, she had a little problem with her uh, shoulder, and so she was kind of on limited duty at the time. So spotlessly clean place. Uh, they uh, last weekend they were going through extra steps to stay clean, but yeah, with the, all the changes that are going on, um, you can uh, you got to check it out though. It's uh, the phone number is nine seven eight seven 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 two three seven seven. Just a just a nice place. Our phone number, 800-370-1049. And uh, b- before we get to a car review, and I promised we would do a car review, let's talk to uh, Paul first. Morning, Good morning, George. Hey, how are you? Uh, con- good. Congratulations on the uh, the new location. Um, on the, that station comes through on the app loud and clear. 
Um, I, would, I, I hope they find a way in the future to give you a little more time because uh, one hour is a, is a short window. However, well, I do have a question. Steps. <laughs> yeah, Go I ahead. have a do have a question. Uh, my son's got a 2010 Cadillac SRX, mm-hmm. and he told me yesterday he was over. He drove, had to drive over to Mission Hill yesterday, and he said on the hill he used it as one of those electronic brakes instead of mm-hmm. a you know like a normal person brake. Yep. And he said he did that. It didn't seem to engage. Um, I, I that's the he's had the car a few years. That's the first time that's happened. Do you have any idea what causes that? And, you know, what do you think of those electronic brakes? Is well, uh, are they reliable? Well, it actually it actually isn't as fancy as you think it is. It's a um, the way the parking brake works. Um, the federal government says that parking brakes have to be mechanical still so even though there's a button rather than a lever or a or a handle you push up and down it's still basically all it is is a electric motor that winds up the cable so there's a there's an actuator that makes it work so either the actuator is not working the way it should or it still has an old-fashioned parking brake problem that you know the parking brake just isn't engaging the way it should and there's still the parking brake is still a set of little tiny brake shoes that sits inside the rear brake rotors. So you have to look and see is it a electrical related issue that when you push the button it it won't work or is it or is it more than that? Um, generally, generally what happens is it's not usually a electrical failure. Usually, it's the parking brakes just aren't working the way they're supposed to. So. Um, you know, so you just you you need to look at it, take it apart, see what's going on with the rear brake shoes. You know, see if that button is working the way it's supposed to. Uh, but again, it, it's kind of a it's a it's a module that runs the thing. It's from that button. So when you when you press the button, it does that. I think it's a switch, probably I don't know in the console or somewhere. And really, all it does is it takes the place of the foot pedal. And so it's just, it's really just a, an internal motor and an actuator, and that's how it works. So if it's not, if it sounds like it's trying to work, but it's not, it's probably just an old-fashioned parking brake problem. Either cables are sticky or the shoes are bad or something along those lines. If it doesn't sound like it's doing anything, it could be a module or, the, or that integrated electric motor. I'll, I'll look into that a little later on. I'm a little reluctant to take it to the dealer right now, but um, you know, to get repaired. But um, yeah. yeah, it's you know, I, I think yeah, everybody's I, having the same issue of you no, know, not doing the stuff that they don't have to do right. You no, know, putting it off a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Um, and and the other the second question is I my my own car I'm due for an oil change, but again the same thing I'm kind of holding off a little bit. Yeah. What do you think of those drive through? Um, or I mean I, I've always had it done at a reliable garage at a you know a triple A garage. Yeah. Um, or are at the dealer. When you, what do you know? What do you think of those drive-throughs? You don't have to get out of the car. I I got mixed feelings about them. I got to tell you, I've I've seen some that were outstanding. Um, as long as they're using the right kind of oil and a decent oil filter, I I think it's fine. What they don't, two things happen. One thing is they try to sometimes they try to sell you a bunch of stuff you don't need. Or yeah, I know. And in 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 one case, I I question. I I went. I've tried a couple of them just to see, kind of see what the experience is. One case, they they tried to sell this woman I was with a whole bunch of stuff, and I said to her, I said, well, I don't understand. Why are you selling all this? And they said, Well, you know, her car is not in our computer, and what we do, we want to start with a baseline, so we want to make sure the the air filters change, the cabin filters change. I'm like, Well, the air filters only. The air filter is only a day old. You know why? Why? Yeah. I said you guys didn't even look at it, and uh, they just said, "Well, that's how we do business." Um, the other, the other time, I went to another place that was uh, they kind of they kind of did. It was a car that needed a lot of work, and I was a little surprised. They said they they tried to pay, play a little bit of let's make a deal. They were kind of like, "Well, you know, if you want to do this now, we'll we'll knock another $10 off of this filter and $5 off of this." And I'm like, "That doesn't seem like good business practice, you know? It's like does that mean you're taking advantage of me before?" So, uh but on the other hand, I went to I went to one uh back a couple of years ago and uh went in. They used a they used a decent 
brand filter. They use the right kind of right weight of oil. Um, I was in and out without getting in and out. Basically, I was I stayed in the car the whole time, and it seemed it seemed to work out okay. What you miss at those quick lube places is, I like to think you know, when you go to a good a a good repair shop, the person that's changing the oil maybe they're not uh, you know a, a a top you know a tech, but they might call an ATEC over if they see something that looks a little weird, like, hey, there's looks like there's oil dripping out of this, or there's this, or there's that. And, um, you know, they, so you get a more experienced person at least looking the car over. Um, I know I went to, I went to uh, one of, one of the uh, shops that I used to go to pretty regularly, and the owner of the shop would look at every car before, it, while it was up on the lift, give it a quick, a quick look over just to make sure everything looked okay and he would also road test every car when he was done now not everyone does that um you know even like i was talking to the folks at uh, at sullivan tire one time the training department at sullivan tire and they spend a couple of days with their new people going over how to do an oil change and how to do it properly and make sure that you know they don't have to buy an engine afterwards because somebody put the wrong oil in or somebody didn't do something correctly you know and on the other hand you know as much as uh, you know even at some of the dealers um i was at i was across the street from a dealership one day and it was a uh, Volkswagen dealership, and I was watching the person doing the service take out an oil drain plug with basically the tire gun, so the air wrench they use to take tires off, and put the oil drain plug back on with the tire gun, which means the threads are all stretched at that point, and the next person who goes to change the oil, um, if they're lucky, it only needs a new oil drain plug. If they're unlucky, it's going to need an oil pan. So... You know, it really depends. Like you said, you need somebody that cares, and you can have you can have a drive-through oil change place, um, somebody who cares and does a good job, and they're able to do it. And again, you're you're in and out in 20 minutes. Uh, the guy who used to um, the guy who used to um, take every car for a road test had a had an ad at his shop one time, and it said something like, "And you know, we'll we'll just you know make up whoever it was, you know." lightning oil change i don't think there is such a thing so but it said uh, you know help wanted no experience necessary and he had a little note under it said do you want that guy or girl working on your car the no experience necessary people and uh, you know good point yeah i don't think i've been to a drive-thru in 15 years i've always gone to a asd certified uh, shop or the, yep. or the dealer but I yeah, do appreciate no. uh, that information, and I'll I'll, I'll sure check thing. on that break. I know you I know you got to do a review. So, um, good luck okay. in the new in, in the new uh, program, and um, uh, I'll be listening. All right, thank you very much. I think it's time we have to take another break. Jimmy tells me it's time to take another break, and he's in charge because you know he can put me on and off the air just like that. You're listening to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. Our phone number 800-370-1049. 800-370-1049. Are you a Saab driver who loves your car but can't find a mechanic? Or maybe you own a Range Rover and have to wait weeks for maintenance. If you own an Audi, Porsche, or any European car, you know you need a European automotive specialist. The kind of professionals you'll find at Specialized Auto in Essex. With 23 years in the business and a proven track record in sales and service, Specialized Auto can maintain and repair your car with fast turnaround and at lesser expense. European cars are special. They need Specialized Auto of Essex. Call them today at 978-768-1121 for Specialized Auto of Essex. Are the ups and downs of the stock market leaving you to wonder what's next for your financial plan? This is Mark Friedman, president of Friedman Financial of Peabody and host of Dollars and Cents. Join me this Sunday from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on North Shore 104.9. I'll be answering your questions and providing financial advice in a language you can understand. All roadside assistance is not created equal. A car can break down anytime and anywhere. Join AAA. The roadside provider that puts you first. AAA covers you in any car you're driving or riding in. Our trained technicians arrive fast and usually fix the problems on the spot. Trust your safety to the most recommended roadside provider in the U.S. Join AAA today at aaa.com join. That's aaa.com join. 
The weather is changing, but the commitment stays the same. Hello, I'm Jill, membership consultant here at the Beverly Athletic Club. I'm committed to you having the best fitness experience possible, from introducing you to our trainers, showing our childcare facilities, telling you about our classes and services, to finding the right membership plan for your needs. I want you to call the BAC your home, so stop by and say hello and find out why the Beverly Athletic Club has been voted best fitness club year after year. Your community, your club, beverlyathletic.com. Welcome back. Uh, before we get to Bob, I just want to talk about the car that I uh, actually drove around a little bit last week, and that was the Land Rover Discovery. It's a mid-size luxury SUV that's powered by either a 3-liter gasoline or 3-liter diesel engine. The Discovery comes in four trim levels. Our road test was in the mid-range HSE with the diesel engine. Like all Land Rover models, powers directed to all four wheels. Cabin of our test vehicle is luxurious with leather and upscale trim throughout. The Discovery seats five quite comfortably. There's a seven passenger option. The front seating is especially spacious with plenty of head and leg room. The rear seats are comfortable, uh, but a bit narrower than the front seating area. Our test model had the optional seating for seven, which I never even really looked at. It's it's one of those things that I didn't, usually I climb in the third row, eh, it's made for kids or short trips that with adults that you don't really like. Uh, the controls are generally okay, although like all Land Rover vehicles, some stuff is just weird. Um, but, you know, other than that, it's okay. The navigation and infotainment system, oh, it could be so much better if they just put a few knobs and actual buttons in to make it a little bit easier. Safety technology was well represented with automatic emergency braking. Our test model worked at low or highway speeds. And, of course, there was rear uh, cross-traffic alert, a very detailed backup camera, lane departure correction. The diesel engine on our test vehicle was very quiet, so quiet passengers would never think it was anything but a traditional SUV. In fact, while I had it, I drove over to... To, uh, the Votech school near me, and the uh, teacher over there, Sean Hennessy, is a big uh, foreign car guy. And I brought it over and I said to him, Hey, Sean, you know, bring the kids out and take a look at this. So all the kids came out, and I, I turned the key, and all of a sudden the, he said to me, uh, This is a diesel. And we opened up the hood, and the kids got kind of a kick out of all the new technology in the car. So I think I've. Uh, I think it's something I'm going to try to do a little bit, is to try to spread a little bit of this new car knowledge around. Um, Discovery had air suspension, which the kids actually liked. You could lower it from uh, access to off-road height, so it moved a couple inches up and down. Uh, although one of the kids was like, can you roll coal with this? Which really means like over-fueling a diesel engine, so black smoke comes out of it. I said, nah, probably not this one. Um, but our test model came with uh, well-designed LED headlights that did a great job. Uh, overall, the Land Rover is a still very capable off-road vehicle with luxurious appointments. If you can put up with some of the Discovery's idiosyncrasies, it's a fine choice of a mid-sized luxury SUV. Retail price starts at about $61,200. Fuel economy with diesel, 21 city, 26 highway, and uh, it hasn't been crash-tested yet by me or the federal government. So that's good news. Um, I think we're going to Bob real quick. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Hey, John Paul. Uh, great to hear you on the air again. Um, well, thank uh, you. you know, lost track of you on the air over the years, but I think we're of the same generation. I go go all the way back to, uh, my God, uh, about four decades ago. I think, you, I think it was the old uh, WESX in Salem. If I can remember that I first started listening to you, that, that would, oh God, that was the young buck. Uh, that, that would that would that would back. be a, that would be about right. I'm I'm down in my basement where there is a uh, an article from uh, know, twenty years ago that was written by uh, Bill Griffith of the uh, of the Boston Globe, and it says the car doctor is in. And that was uh, that was when that was when I was at when I was at uh, uh, WJDA and WESX, yeah, way back then. Yes, right. That's right. Wow, great memories. And uh, I followed you, uh, followed along your your reviews in the uh, AAA magazine and whatnot. Oh, you know, since then. But great, great to hear you back live again. I was I was thrilled to hear. Uh, anyway, a question for you. Um, I in July. Um, uh, a private uh, uh, private sale. I picked up a uh, 2011 um, Highlander um, okay. in mint condition. Uh, in fact, it, it even uh, it still had a little bit of new smell to it. 
uh, wow. to the interior in uh, great, like, showroom condition. Um, I had full, um, I got it from someone that had it uh, at the dealer every 5,000 miles the whole time mm-hmm. they had it. Um, and it was like, you know, how could you, how could you go wrong with this thing? Um, the only issue, and it, it's a pretty, pretty considerable one, is it, it's been averaging 13, 14 miles to the gallon on a six cylinder. And I, I brought it to, uh, you know, uh, a mechanic, uh, mm-hmm. he cleaned the fuel injectors, um, you know, did, did a couple tweaks that he thought should improve it. Um, you know, it, it immediately jumped up to like, you know, 17 for like one gallon of gas, uh, and then right back to the 13, 14 average. And it's, it's incredible because this replaced a, a four run, an 04 four run mm-hmm. with a big eight cylinder and 225,000 miles on it that was getting better gas mileage than this 2011 mm-hmm. six cylinder Highlander. Um, I threw some Lucas into a, a, a yeah. tank of gas, hoping that would help. That mm. probably bumped it up maybe a half a mile a gallon. But, um, you know, this thing was rated for, like, 19 city, 21 highway. Yep. And I haven't, you know, I get excited when I see 17. Yeah. Now, is your is your driving just, is it real short distance, or is it, do you drive, like, an you know, average amount of well, driving? Yeah, I retired, like, a year ago, and I admittedly my driving now is uh, a lot different than it was when I was driving mm. the Forerunner. Um, right. And I do notice if I get on the highway for a decent stint, say from, you know, say Beverly to, I don't know, Gloucester or yep. Newburyport or New Hampshire, that it will bump up to, you know, 15, 16, you know, maybe if I'm really lucky and I'm staying on the highway the whole time, I might see a 17. But yep. that's about as good as it gets. I mean, admittedly, yeah. the rest of the driving is around town, but yeah, uh, yeah, that still, around that around time incredibly low. Yeah, that around town driving is just going to kill the fuel economy. I don't think you're chasing a ghost here. I think there might be a little something going on, and your mechanic with a scan tool at least can look at you know look at things like you know. F- look at fuel, look at engine temperature. For instance, if the engine temperature is a little bit cooler than it should be, either a thermostat that's opened up early or a uh, or a coolant sensor that's telling the computer the engine's a little bit colder, it may be running a little bit richer than it should be. The other thing that I wouldn't rule out completely is, is there something that's dragging the fuel economy down just a little bit? And that could be uh, a brake that's just got a little bit too much drag on it and you'd be surprised how quick you can lower fuel economy that way the one thing i would like to do though is do just like a an actual you know decent long drive with it go you know go 100 miles somewhere and just take the car for a ride out on the highway and see what your fuel economy if you're getting you know if if you go for a 100 mile drive and you've used up five gallons of gas and you're getting 20 miles per gallon it's probably as good as it's ever going to get. Um, okay. Other than other than that, I would I would again look at all, look at all the sensors, find out what's going on that way. Make sure every, make sure everything everything's reading kind of in a normal range. Again, something that is a little outside of normal, but not enough to turn on a check engine light, can do things to the fuel economy that in one way or the other, usually in the bad way, and use up more gas than it should. So I would I would kind of look in I would kind of look in those that kind of direction and and see where you go. Um, but also when you next time you bring it in for service, have your mechanic just look at look at all the things that turn. Make sure the make sure the air pressure is uh, you know adjusted right in the you know in the you know tires. Make sure the wheels are spinning nice and free. You got to look at that kind of stuff too. Hey, we got to get going. We've uh, used up an hour of time. All right, good enough. Thanks for joining us. I think my my clock says we're just about out of time. How about, what do you say, Jim? Huh? Oh, let's squeeze in Mike. Okay. All right. Real quick, we'll squeeze in Mike. Jim's in charge. Morning. Mike, good morning. Good morning, sir. Real quick, I was listening to your interview this morning, and the relationship between the auto industry and the dealerships 
And given the situation with the New England Patriots, I'm kind of thinking it reminds me a little bit of Belichick and Brady's relationship. You, you, you might, yeah, so you might anyway, be on to something. Um, yeah. yeah, so anyway, no comment necessary. I just want you to know my Saturday morning has been rearranged so I could listen to you, and I thank you for be- being back on the air. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Hey, what a great way to what a great way to end the hour with a compliment. Better than somebody, you know, telling me that it's not a compliment. Hey, we're going to be here every Saturday from 10 to 11 and uh, also you can you can always find the podcast. The podcasts are up on the station website North Shore 1049 is where you can find it. Also my podcast site, my Facebook page, Mr. John F. Paul at Facebook or at John F. Paul at uh, Twitter. And I want to thank uh, Jimmy Carter for doing a fabulous job back in the studio. And you can find my podcast on johnfpaul.podbean.com as well. So until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week, and wash your hands. North Shore 1049, WBOQ Gloucester. And streaming worldwide on the North Shore 1049 app.